Hello, welcome to Sheffield Board Gamers Podcast. My name is Rick, and I'm joined today by Tom Cauldron. Hello, Tom. Hello, Rick. Hello, and I'm joined by Samuel as well. Hi, Samuel. Hi, Rick. Uh, this is episode 37. We're going to talk about, talk about some of the board games we've been playing recently. We're going to talk about the tabletop gaming show that we went to. Uh, but before that, we spoke, I don't know if you remember, I think it's a few months ago now, we talked about uh, chess and uh, obviously the popularity of it following like the Queen's Gambit and things like that. Oh yeah. So I've been looking for like a nice chess set. Uh, I haven't really found one, but uh, I saw a video online with one of these chess sets that kind of plays and moves the pieces itself. You know, these like mechanical ones you might have seen in where they... You've got like a computer built in and it moves the pieces like it's, I don't know how it works, but <laughs> it looks really cool. So I, I started having a look at some of those, but it's, I, they, they're quite expensive and they're not quite, I think they're a little bit noisy, they're a little bit slow. So they're, they're big as well, they're quite quite big, so not exactly what I was looking for, but uh, I managed to see online like a little um, chess computer thing with like a, it's like a board with like a touch uh, the board is like touch uh, the squares are touch sensitive so it's got like a little built in computer uh, so I ordered one of those just to see what it, what it was like oh, nice. it, it was only cheap it was only uh, about 20 quid I think so I wasn't expecting the best quality but it, it is a bit cheap and plastic it's not very good quality <laughs> the, the pieces are like really light and they'll probably blow over in a, in a stiff breeze oh, well, you get what you pay for I suppose yeah yeah it, it, it is but it does it does kind of work it it, it works it, it plays chess so it's got like a little built-in computer so you can play you know you can play like different levels and things from like a child's level like a beginning level right up to right up to like a, a, a quite difficult level you can set like problems and you can tell it to solve these problems so you know like in the paper you get like the chess puzzles and things like that um you can go to do those you can like practice your opening moves and things so it, it kind of works it, it, it works all right the the, the touch sensitive board works okay you kind of like press down on the pieces from where you're moving to and then it, it lights up you know it's move so you have to move the pieces it's not like the the posh ones but i thought i thought if it was cheap i, I wouldn't mind buying it because it, it can you know have a bit of a practice and if i get use out of it then i can probably think about inve- you know investing in a better quality one but if if it if I kind of play it a couple of times and then it just sits in a cupboard, it's probably yeah, well, it's not not really that much of a <laughs> not much of a waste. I'm sure there's things that you can spend as much money as you want to spend on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know what I'd like to see actually. Speaking of these hmm. boards that make themselves, I'd like to see a a sort yeah. of recreation of uh, the Mechanical Turk. I don't know if you do. You, have you heard of that? Brings a fake bell. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is a supposed. Chess playing automaton, automaton, automaton. Yeah, automaton. automaton I think automaton. Yeah, I think from I don't know the 17th or 18th century or something, and it was you know a chess playing robot, and you, it would ha- it had a sort of little <laughs> mechanical man, and you'd make your move, and then it would sort of jerkily move its arms, and then make uh, pick up a piece and move it, and it would beat people, and this was the chess playing computer of its day, except of course it actually had a small grandmaster hidden in the bottom making, <laughs> making all the moves. It didn't actually hadn't actually invented chess playing AI at the time. But these days yeah. we have the technology to actually have it have a real yeah. mechanical Turk. And if you make it with all the 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 look of the whole thing, it would be yeah. uh, quite a nice little conversation piece. You know? Yeah. 
Yeah, that sounds cool. I've just thought of that just now. I just won yeah. one in my house. I'm a, <laughs> a mechanical Turk. And so, you know, yeah. if I win a lottery, I'm sure I could um, uh, get someone to build that for me. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. Be cool. So I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, to practicing chess a bit and getting a bit yeah. better. I'm not very good at the moment. I'm I'm only a beginner. Yeah. I won't say I'm any any good at all at it. But I'm I'm looking forward to having a bit of practice and uh, and playing it. Uh, the the other thing that I wanted to quickly chat about was uh, I was in um, W H Smiths the other day and I was in the magazine section and I saw something kind of board game adjacent. I saw an unlock book. Ooh. So you know the escape room escape rooms the unlock ones. Yeah, oh, right. I like them. Yeah, I quite enjoy them. Yeah, yeah. There's a book yeah. version of it now, so uh, I think this is kind of a common thing. I talked about the Ticket to Ride puzzle book a couple of episodes ago, so I thought oh, I'll pick this up and, and try it and, and see what it's like. But I've got a couple of I've got a couple of uh, complaints, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, so uh, uh, the first thing is that it's it's not new, uh, not new adventures. It's the the first adventures that were in the first box, you know, the first pack of three that came out. Right. I think one was was it sausage and squeak or bubble and yeah. squeak or something. There was that yeah, one. Yeah. There was a a, labra- a laboratory and there was another one. Yeah, well. I can't something like which that. Was, but it's yeah. basically those that have been reprinted and just put into a book form. So yeah. the first ding against it, I guess, is that it's, they're not new things; they're old things. But mm. basically, it's just like a reprint of the cards, but on, in a book. So. Before you had a deck of cards and you could like flick through, find the number that you wanted, and then flick it over uh, to give you the items or like the next location or whatever. But in this one, they're all kind yeah. of in order in the book, so you kind of have to flick through. Uh, when you're flicking through the book, obviously you see what you see what's coming up anyway. So well, that's weird. it doesn't really, yeah, it doesn't really hold any surprises or anything like the <laughs> the game does. You can see the items when you, you you can kind of look away, but then if you look away, you, you can't see what number you're flicking to. So it kind of no. doesn't work, uh, and then and then the last thing is that it's really poorly printed as well. So I don't yeah. know if you remember if you've played these, but in the original game, I, I don't think they do it as much now. But in the first ones, especially, they had like hidden numbers in the cards. So you know, in the, in the pictures, yeah. they had like a a really hidden number. Well, the the printing on it's not very oh, good. Yeah. It's done on like really cheap. Obviously, it's like a not it's like a pulp novel kind of thing. It's like really cheap paper. And it, it and the printing's not that great. So seeing the seeing the pictures and yeah. the numbers in there it's like next to impossible it's it's um yeah it's not very good so yeah it's a bit of a letdown really that's strange because all the uh unlock boxes I've, I've i've tried have sort of really high production values it seems all really, all really good. yeah and um there's f- different things you can do with a different format i mean things you can do with a book that you can't do with cards and vice versa so you'd think that have uh, sort yeah. of had a bit of think about what they can do differently yeah rather yeah than putting it all in but presumably they're trying to reach a different audience, people that would yeah. buy a puzzle book that wouldn't think about buying a, a box. I would think so, book. yeah. Maybe it's yeah. aimed at people yeah, who haven't played the original one or something. Yeah. I mean, I've got a couple of escape room puzzle books, mm. um, which are actually you know, two and slightly different, but they're both, they're both very good, but they're, you know, like escape rooms in a book. Mm. Oh, okay. Um, but were were they designed to be like in a book format? Yeah. Though? Is that what they were? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of them, which I think is called the Escape Room Puzzle Book, is a series of about ten escape rooms. Mm. So you get sort of a set of six, eight, ten pages full of you know various things about this particular room. Um, mm. There's this thing in this area, this thing here, and there's various illustrations and all sorts of things. And then you have to go back and forth over that set of pages, working out how to escape that room. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's always like a, it's supposedly in an hour, 
Um, yeah, he's just following follow this this chap as he's trying to do these things. So you put yourself for yourself, and then you, mm. you go to the next room, and it gets harder as it goes along. But it's really right. good. Yeah. Because you, know, you don't give anything away, because you're just sort of working in a little section of the book. Um, yeah. And things, so you, you know, you're looking at the pictures, looking at the, you know, it can get quite tricky, actually. You've got to do a lot of... Yeah. You put things together and go back, uh, and, go back and forth through the pages. Yeah. yeah. Is it is it one of the one, one of the ones where you like have to work out the codes and work out the ciphers and things like that? Yeah, like, little things puzzles like and things that, in yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's quite, that's quite a good one. Yeah, the the, the unlock ones are, are, are similar, but sometimes you'll get an item, so you'll yeah. get like a a piece of metal or a book or a key or something like that. But that's it, it'll be like a page on its own, oh. so you can't like you have to kind of remember that you've got these items and what, which ones you've used and which ones you haven't. You, yeah. you can't, like, with a card, you can obviously just discard it once you've used it or keep it in front of you to remind you that it's there, but with with these ones, yeah, I, I guess if you, if it's been designed for a book specifically, then, yeah, they'll not put that kind of thing in. Yeah, so everything you need for that room is, you know, for one... Whereas this, this one, you're flicking backwards and forwards, yeah. Everything you need for one room is within... So, yeah, everything you need for one room is within that dozen pages or whatever it is you won't, you won't need anything else anywhere else in the book it'll all just be in that yeah. it's weird that escape rooms are sort of going back in technology I mean obviously escape rooms have uh, got lots of um, technology happening in them but in uh, mm. the original thing was a, a computer yeah. thing sort of a, a fl- little flash game and there was a that became a little thing that was mm. several of them appeared and then people decided to put those into actual physical objects and made actual escape rooms and now uh, they're turning it into this uh, thousand year old technology of <laughs> printing on paper I mean it's yeah. weird <laughs> yes having gone through games as well yeah I mean I think one reason that's more popular is that obviously doing an escape room is quite expensive mm. Mm. yes 20 quid a person or something yeah 50, 20 quid a person. definitely a luxury so, hobby yeah. you know Something you're trying to do, something you're trying to do as fast as possible. When we did that escape room time, I mean, we'd, we'd finished it within half an hour, less than half. Yes, <laughs> you kind of want to uh, have done le- done less well at the puzzle, so you get more of your money's worth. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, books and things are therefore much cheaper alternatives. Yeah, yeah. And things like that, and you can, you know, for the same amount of money, you could have quite mm. a lot of escape rooms in a book, and then you can pass the book around mm. as well. Yeah. Give it to I've lent it to a friend of mine, mm. so. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so anything else that you guys have been up to? Nothing out of the usual, really, just coming to the club, <laughs> playing games. Some games with friends, but yeah. Shall we move on to the, the games we've played then? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've, I've, I've played a couple of fillers lately. Um, I've played lots of games, but a couple of fillers that I've, I've played that we've not talked about previously. Uh, one's called Byzans. Uh, this was from the works this is one of the ones that was available in the works a couple of years ago so i kind of picked it up there when it was like super cheap it's uh, from 2008 so it's, oh, it's over 10 years old now it plays between three and six players uh designer is manuel ornella and he's designed a few uh, a few other games like uh expansions and things for the for the games but he's quite a Prolific designer of, of other games, but uh, th- this is like a quick filler kind of card game. Uh, it's a it's an auction game. It's based on an auction, so there are there are a deck of cards, and uh, there's like a central market board. So the easiest way to ex- explain it is to uh, tell you how the scoring works first of all. So the, these cards have 
six different commodity types on them. So, like, for example, they have olives and spices and cloth and things like that. Uh, and they also have a number on them. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to collect three of the type of goods. So three olives, for example. And then what you'll do is you'll discard those three cards and then you take you keep the highest numbered card as your score pile, as you print your score pile. So the numbers go from one to four, I think it is. So if you've got a one, it's two, well. three, and about olive, yeah, you keep the three, and that'll be points towards the end of the game. Uh, so that's that's how you score points. Uh, so the way that you actually get the cards is that you start off with a handful of cards and you bid on some that are drawn from the deck. So to start off with, you draw six cards from the deck uh, and then there'll be a bid using the numbers on the cards in your hand to... Uh, to try and win these cards, so the winner will pay out of their hand the cards that they've they've got, and that the 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 cards that they've bid go into the central market. So they'll go into columns in the uh, in the central market, and they'll be uh, available sort of in the second phase of the game. So they'll they'll get the six cards from the center. They'll put one into the market as well, and then keep five. So they've got five extra cards in the hand. And then on the next turn, they're out of the bidding. Then so on the next turn, they'll, they'll you'll draw five cards from the deck, and then play the players that are left in will bid on those five and 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 keep going around until until the last player. There'll just be one card, and that'll just go straight into the market. So they won't get anything. So the the player who bid the most, who won the first round, will get quite a few cards, five or six, depending on the number of players. But the person who goes last and bids the least will only get one card or nothing possibly but then you, you get to the second phase of the game where you've got all these cards in the central market then so all the cards that people have been bidding goes into this central display and uh, the, play, the player who bid last or the player who didn't win anything they get first choice of what other cards in the market so that could potentially be uh, all of the olives or all of the cloth that's there it could be like three, four, five cards so potentially they can do as well as somebody who bid cards in the first round and just got them off the top of the deck, or potentially even better. So it's kind of a, it's kind of like a reverse. Uh, uh, you go in like the reverse direction of the bidding, and then the last the last player who picks from the market is the is the player who initially won the won the auction. So you 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 get these cards into your hand and then you discard them for the for the points, uh, and then you play another round. So that's that's basically it. It's basically auctions going around. It's only quick, it's like 30 minutes, for probably 40 at a push, but 30 minutes with six players. And it's a quick little bidding game. Um, it's quite quite good fun. Um, there's not a lot to it, so it's not like going to be like a complicated game where you, uh, you know, there's a lot of thought or a lot of effort goes into it. It's pretty straightforward, but it's one of those quick filler games that's quite fun to play and then it's over. Um, it's like three or four or five rounds, depending on how many players there are. And there's but there's still decisions there. So deciding, you know, how much you need to bid because the the cards go from one to four, but you might only have two fours in your hand. So therefore, when you're bidding, you could bid four for like the bid that you wanted on. But then if it comes around to you again, you'd have to bid your other four. So you're bidding suddenly eight instead of five or a six. You can't just increase it by one or two. Or do you hang off and wait and then pick some cards from the market so sort of later on in the second phase? So there's a bit of a bit of strategy there to into uh, what you can see coming. Um, so, yeah, it's a, a nice, quick little filler. That sounds very nice. I quite enjoyed it, yeah. I think um, things that are nice, quick little fillers have a, a difficult job because they don't get the um, same sort of reaction as things, uh, you know, big, elaborate games where you go, ooh. Mm. But 
they're exactly sometimes they're, they're perfect they're exactly what they need to be yeah. and adding more yeah. stuff would have been would have broken it yeah yeah but yeah, yeah i've got a few like, nice little games like that it's it's very streamlined it's very yeah it's, it's it's fairly straightforward and explaining it it can be a bit confusing the first time you explain it but once you've played around it it makes perfect sense and everybody can see exactly what's going on so it's it's one of those kind of games where you know you, the first round you, you you're not sure what to bid you know you don't know what really what's happening but then on the second round oh yeah i've got it now yeah we've gone through the entire phase of the game we're just going to do that yeah sounds like a good time three or four more times and then that's it so yeah yeah it's pretty cool yeah i mean i haven't played it but i watched uh, you rick playing it with a few other people and it was mm. kind of like that for me just watching the first like what's going on as all these cards and things and i didn't really understand it but by the time you'd sort of run around a bidding i was like oh yeah i can i'm understanding this now yeah now what's going yeah. on yeah so that's uh, that's the first game I've played. Uh, what have you guys been playing? What have you been uh, what have you been enjoying at the club? I played quite a lot of different games uh, on the last Tuesday session. I ended up playing lots of different games. I can't remember. Uh, I played um, Glow that Samuel brought. So uh, oh yeah, that was yeah. a very nice little game. Yep, I was going to talk about that. So yeah, yes, that was one of the ones I was going to talk about. So I'll. Uh, Go on to that. Very dramatic um, art style. They they really sort of made some bold decisions, but lots of black and white with a few little specular colour on. Yeah, the, the so this is Glow, two to four players. It came out well, it says twenty twenty one on BGG. Came out designed by Cédric Chaboussi. I think that's how you probably say Sounds it. right to me. Um, <laughs> French, but it's a it's a dice rolling and sort of card drafting, tablet building game it plays over a series of rounds and in each round you're drafting a card adding that to your tableau along with potentially some dice and then you start with a couple of dice and so then you roll all your dice and can potentially re-roll them and they have different symbols on them and you're trying to get the symbols that match so the cards that you have will give you if you roll this set of symbols you'll get this thing you might get some points or some tokens or something else so generally you're trying to get cards that work well together and want the same kinds of symbols which you can then want to try and roll to get points and things. But there are various cards that if you roll certain things, you know, bad things happen, you'll lose that card or you'll lose some points mm. or, you know, that sort of thing. So you might want to try and avoid them. And additionally, you get some cards give you points for not rolling certain symbols as well. So then you, you do that and then there's a, an extra bit where you're moving along the board to get, you know, as a separate way of getting points. And actually the board is double-sided, so you, which is, is quite a nice touch. Um, and adds a bit to the replayability. So one side you're sort of moving your, your little figure on and then putting a camp down in certain clearings to try and get you know, points at the end of the game. Mm. So the further you can move the, the house towards the opposite side of the board, the more points you'll get, You know, the, the more points the clearings are worth. Um, and then on the other side of the board, you're moving four ships about, getting to sort of essentially like clearing down these islands rather than clearings, and then each island gets a slow amount of points. So I, 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 mean, I first played this on BGA, actually. It was, oh, I didn't know it was on that. Um, where I first came across it. Mm. Yeah, so oh, we get a look, saw it come up in the, I think in the news bit. I thought, oh, this looks nice. I like the idea of this, and the art's really nice. And so I had a girl there with a friend. I thought, oh, yeah, I really like this. And then I found it at the treehouse and uh, bought it there. Mm-hmm. And I was at the treehouse once. Um, but yeah, as Tom says, it's got a, it's, it's really nice art. It's sort of all black and white because the idea is just sort of bringing light and colour back to this forest world or whatever world it is oh was that the theme we totally skipped over the theme when we played it yeah <laughs> so you're getting the points that you're getting are sort of light points I think they are okay right. you're trying to light and colour back to everything so all the art sort of quite black and white 
Mm. Um, yeah. Full, you know, the cards that are almost sort of these big, big pictures. They're quite large, sort of tarot-sized cards with big sort weird of pictures. Creatures. Of weird creatures yeah. on with a little thing at the bottom with what they the, do. The art is done by uh, Vincent Dutre, who's done lots of sort of, you know, nice, sunny, colourful art mm. for other games. So yeah. uh, this is a bit of a departure for him. Yeah, so. mm. but it's, it's really nice. It's that kind of quite surreal... You know, almost gothic type of odd, odd creatures. Yeah. Which, are, but I quite like it. I feel it adds, adds quite a lot to the game. And mm. um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm somebody who quite likes a. I do uh, find that uh, a nice visual style does, you know, does help me quite a bit when, in terms of whether I like a game or not. Mm. Yeah. You know, the art can be quite a big part of that often. Really adds something to the game, or can you know detract yeah. from a game I'm not so fussed about, perhaps. I think the gameplay itself was uh, was good as well. I yeah, I, I enjoyed that play. It was it's nice that it's um, sort of very flexible. Like, yeah, every card is good for something, but you can sort of this one. Oh, it's got lots of dice next to it, so when I get that card, it, I'll at least I'll have a really powerful turn this turn, even though that card really doesn't work for me. Yeah, you've got so you've got that, that to balance out the decisions there, and all the cards you might get stuff or you might not but then the dice also work for for going on the board so you so you're thinking yeah, you, going for yeah, that you, or that you know um yeah i ended up sort of i mean i had a tableau of cards they kind of worked against each other like if i roll two fire symbols then that's really good for that card and really bad for that card so you know i'll get nothing <laughs> in the end <laughs> yeah so, yeah I, I i don't know whether the tactic is to sort of put all your eggs in one back basket and say right if i if i roll lots of those symbols i'm great if i don't i I've mean got that, nothing. that that was that was my <laughs> tactic kind of thing I, which I could win a lot of high risk strategy, but, yeah. but yeah it's nice that i don't didn't quite sort of it it does i definitely want to play it again to sort of try different okay. things yeah yeah which is, is really yeah. a nice always a nice um, feeling after a game that there's more yeah. to explore there yeah uh, the, the board was a bit surprising though because i thought it was going to be one of these boards where or it'd be really hard if you're really concentrated for the entire game you might manage to reach the uh the the big points at the end and i got there after the third round or something after out of eight <laughs> yeah. So, yeah so so i'd kind yeah. of misunderstood how, how the board was I'd, I'd totally concentrate on it as long as i managed to get over there then oh i did um okay now <laughs> what do i do <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i remember that it's, but yeah, there's other stuff to get on the board as well as well as just getting to the big point clearing at the end there's also things to get along the way along so the way, if you go yeah. down this path then you manage to get another like, uh, this exchange token or kill off one of your less whatever, yeah. required cards or um, get more yeah. of the Firefly tokens or something. So yeah, that's um, it's not as simple as try and get as far as you can. No, uh, on, on the board. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's just um, lots of little nice decisions in this game design. Hmm. Yeah. And everything you do just gets you something, but you know, it's nice. It's just a yeah, nice game. I like it. Yes, I, I liked it. It's yeah. uh, got a really nice art style. And, uh, yeah, the season's quite good. Do I take you know, this card? Because that'll work well for the rest of the game, but maybe it's not got very good dice. Or do I take a card that's got lots of dice, but the card isn't it's quite good, so I've got a good round. There's yeah. a bit of balancing of, mm-hmm. you know, when when do you sacrifice the dice of that round for a good card, and when, when don't you? Trying to get cards that work well. Because I had two different cards that wanted leaves, which work quite well together. Which you can mule cut, oh, giving me hundreds of re-roll tokens. <laughs> so I was, you know, I f- can re-roll to my heart's content largely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, I was starfully ro- ro- for re-roll tokens over on the other side of the board. 
<laughs> yeah, then you you got you're stuck yeah. with what I got. You know. And yeah, not even able to move back on the scoring track because you can move back on the scoring track as a way of re-rolling. But uh, Todd moved yep. so far back, he was on zero and couldn't move back any further. Yeah, garbage to talk. Which is quite possible that happened to me in the previous game. I think it's fairly, fairly quick as well, isn't it? How long does it take to play usually? Yeah, forty-five. It says forty-five minutes on BGB, oh, so yeah. yeah, about three quarters of an hour, an hour probably. Yeah, I don't think it took that long. It felt like more like half an hour, but it might, I don't know. I think yeah. it was. I think it was closer to an hour, probably. Possibly, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's better than it taking half an hour and feeling like an hour, anyway. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really nice. Yeah, I do want to try this one. It looks good. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure you will. Rick. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Bring, bring it again, Samuel. We'll play it definitely. Oh, def- yeah, we'll do. Yeah. What have you? What have you been playing then, Tom? Apart from low. Oh well, I played a fair number of things that day, but uh, on on a Wednesday night and um, early on Thursday morning. Uh, played Great Western Trail. I know this yeah, isn't right. a, this isn't new new hotness mm. now, but they've come out with a second edition of it. Which yeah, they have. Um, I've played the first edition. Um, I want to say two, three times. I'm not sure, but uh, only occasionally. And it's a great game. Uh, it's um, a sort of medium to heavy Euro game by Alexander Pfister and there's lots of stuff going on. There's lots of different spaces on a board and you move your little cowboy token along this trail over various different uh, routes. You can choose to go this way or that way and land on whichever space of these you want and do the thing that it says on it which might enable you to get more cows or hire more people or uh, move your little train forward or build some new buildings and when you build new buildings they go down on a trail and they're new spaces that you can go on on a future turn to uh, do different things and so the whole landscape of the board and things you can activate by moving a little cowboy along the trail changes along the uh, during the game and as the name suggests you're on the Great Western Trail in the 1880s or whatever, moving cattle along to sell at Kansas City which then get transported on the train line to various other cities. And the better value cards you've got at the end of the by the time you get to Kansas City at the end of this trail the further along this train line you can uh, transport your cows and put your little disc in a in a city, so if you've got cards worth 18 points uh, then you can put your disc, well first off you get 18 money, and money is very tight in this game, Mm. uh, and you can put your disc on a number 18 city along the track, which I think is New York. So there's various different ways you can go in the thing you can get um, go for the building strategy so you get employ lots of builders and you're able to build lots of buildings along and they're very high value and able to you can do lots of stuff with them and also they get in the way of other players so they might have to uh, pay you money when they pass over your buildings or it might just get in, the way, in their way um, or you could employ lots of cowboys so that when you go to the cattle market you can buy the really high value ca- uh, cows so that when you get to Kansas City it adds up to a lot or you can buy the station masters, uh, the engineers, sorry, the engineers, uh, who will enable you to move your train further along the, the train track so that it doesn't cost you money if you're trying to put something 
uh, in 18 and you're trained right back at 10 then you'll have to pay less money for the difference so you're moving the train along is, is good so all these different employees are good and you want to do everything and you want to get cows and you want to build things and you want to get money and mm-hmm. you can't do it all <laughs> it's one of these things where there's lots of different ways to go and it's not really clear exactly what what the right thing to do is which is mm. which is great because if it was obvious what the right thing to do is you just do it yeah so that's where the decision is and it's um it's a very well thought of game i i know it has been in the top 10 on board game geeks rankings mm. i'm not sure if it is now um the second edition tweaks a lot of things so i think what they've done is over many years of people playing this game lots of times there's some sort of definite strategies been worked out oh yeah like, oh it's really good to go here and oh, yeah. no one ever puts a disc in wichita why would you ever deliver to wichita things like that <laughs> uh so they've sort of smoothed these out mm. so it's like it, it it's worth going on number four city now rather than it never be a thing that never what no one would ever do mm-hmm. and uh, this strategy now works and this one isn't t- so powerful and but um as a slightly more casual player of it i'm not going to play it a hundred times and work no. out all the deep strategies no. um it felt just as good as when i played the first edition mm. so so yeah um there's a couple of other changes not just sort of tweaks to the gameplay they've also uh changed the art a bit it's all a little bit brighter and nicer they've changed that awful cover on the first edition <laughs> yes some people like that cover but it was a bit weird having these sort of ghostly faces yeah. sort of in the sort of uncanny valley of slightly computer generated mm. anyway yes it, but yeah that's now a lot more colorful than a sort of yeah. big sort of old timey um uh, western scene on the front They've changed one of the um, sections in the first edition was putting out little teepee markers, and these would be supposedly trading with Indians. If you go over here, then you can pick up a, a token and uh, get the reward underneath. And that has been changed because the only that was kind of not really representing uh, Native Americans as you know actual human beings they were just an obstacle on the track mm. so they've kind of sort of felt that was a little bit awkward and also the other things that come out are bad things like you can uh, the other sections are like uh, flooding or famine or rock falls and then native americans so you know it's mm. kind of weird yeah, so now cool. it's now it's flooding and famine and rock falls and outlaws which are a bit more in keeping with the with how the other tiles feel. They're a nuisance yeah. that it would be awkward to get past, like Outlaws would be, but also you get rewarded for taking them off the board. Which so Outlaws is sort of the perfect thing for that tile. So mm-hmm. they've sort of taken they've sort of changed that just because it makes more sense. Yeah. I think. So little things like that. But overall I felt it was it's it was a great game before, it's a great game now. Presumably, mm. deep strategies are smoothed over a bit, but that's not really where I'm going to go with the game anyway. So, yeah, I, have you? Have you played this? Yeah, I've played it a couple I of times. I played the original version. Yeah, the original one. Once, me too. Maybe twice. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I really enjoyed. Like yeah, I really enjoyed it as well. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, yeah, I, I, there's a lot. There's a, like 
mentioned previously, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of like interconnected things that kind of work with each other. But when yeah. you're actually yeah. playing the game, it kind of all makes sense. I think the theme helps it quite a lot as well, as you, you're kind of travelling around on this path, and you've got you know your 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 cards kind of make sense there. The cows that you're trying to sell when you get to the end, and you can see like on the tracks yeah. where your points are and where your train is and stuff, and your engineers do this. So it sounds like a lot when you're explaining. It sounds like a lot of stuff oh, that, yeah, it's hard that's to in there. Teach. But when totally. you when you actually play it, yeah, it does make a lot more yeah a lot more sense how it all works yeah. together. Um, we played it on Wednesday night, and like I say, it was it went on for quite a long time. So it was like half past one in the morning when we stopped. Mm-hmm. And we'd, I think it can uh, be quite long. Yeah, yeah. We've had I a think... couple of bottles of wine along the way. So <laughs> I'm not sure that we would help. Play yeah. optimum strategy. We we were pre- <laughs> we were pretty brisk when we played it. We kind of rattled through our turns fairly quickly, so we had it done in a couple of hours probably. But yeah, with does it go to five? Is it four or five player? Uh, do you know? I'm not sure. We played it four player. Um, yeah, I think that might be all the words. It says yes, yeah, it's four player. As far as it, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's good. Yeah, I really enjoyed it when I, when we played it. Yeah. Okay, so the other so something else I've been playing a bit recently uh, is Wonderland's War. Oh yeah, I've seen you playing this at a few club sessions recently. Yeah. So dramatic yeah, looking. Because... I've, I've sort of hovered over your shoulder and tried to work out what's going on, and I've absolutely no idea. Some games <laughs> you can look at and go, "Yes, I understand what's happening there," but Wonderland War, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's only got table presence. Yeah, it has. Um, well, because like, this, cause I've been playing this because I was managed to get my hands on a copy of the uh, deluxe edition with the um, premium chips because mm-hmm. it was it was a Kickstarter game, not surprisingly, and I managed to find somebody who was selling it, not particularly cheap, but. Uh, it is nice with all the certainly the chips are very nice, um, and again it's a very pretty game. Yeah, everything's nice <laughs> in quite, it. Yeah. Quite, yeah, yeah, quite a sprawly game. It's taken yeah. up. We, 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 when I played it with five, it's taken up an entire board, and well, you could probably get and put it onto a second second bit of board as well. Mm. so many so many things because the main board's quite large, or very large, and then you've got the, the player boards and all the other bits and bobs, cards and all the stuff around the outside. Mm. Um, but in terms of mechanics, it's basically a combination of uh, bag building and area control. So it plays across three rounds each, which has a, a phase where you're drafting cards to, to improve what's in your bag um, and get other benefits, and then a, a phase where you're fighting in the five different regions on the game board by drawing chips out of your bag um, to increase your battle strength and try not to um, pull out the bad chips that mean you lose people. And which could mean you've lost all your people, so you bust. Mm. And then after after three rounds, you total up points and things, um, and the person with most points wins and becomes the new leader of Wonderland. <laughs> so that's the that's the general overview. Yeah, but it's it's sort of really nice because there's quite a lot to it's. I mean, it's been compared quite a bit to Quacks of Quedlinburg with the the bag building, mm. which is very similar, and pulling things out the push your look aspect, which is you know very similar to. Quacks, and in fact, it has like Quacks has its little poetry to clip over if you if you t- want to put something back in the game. One of has an identical thing in the form of a shield, which functions exactly as the the potion bottle does. Oh, yeah. Quacks. Yeah. You can, if you get something, you know, like, nah, got a bag one, don't want that. You can flip over this to put it back in your bag. Mm-hmm. Um, then you've got to, you know, obviously you can't just then turn it straight back over again. You have to you know, do that in certain ways, as in Quacks. So yes, so it's been compared to Quacks, but sort of, you know, I think at least I think I've seen it. I can't remember where it was now, but I've either read or heard that it was described as Quacks, but better. All right. Um, 
I really it's like Quentin Quintlin Luke. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I prefer it to Quacks because Quacks is all right, but I got a bit fed up of the sort of the. I was trying to build an engine, but then whether it worked or not was seemed to be just down to what I drew out the bag, which was mm. a bit kind of worked against the the building of the engine to some extent. Yeah, but I on the felt. other hand, if you lose, you can blame the bag. <laughs> well, true, true. Um, and so this this is a bit more forgiving, I think, than Quacks. You've got all, you know, you might pull out a bandless chip, but it's the bad ones that make you lose a unit, but that might not be too bad. Mm. And what's also quite nice is that um, well, you know, once you put your bag around, when you go in the fu- in the fights because there are five battlefields um, you don't refill your bag after every fight you only refill it at the end of the entire phase so anything you sort of drawn uh, out of it in one fight will have stayed out of it for the next fight yeah. and that includes you know, include certain mana chips there are you know if you pull out too many mana chips it will, you, you will refresh the bag um, so it is possible to refresh it during the fights um, but that you know that might or might not happen so that adds mm. a nice dimension to it because you go okay well I've pulled out a really bad chip but that means you know, it's the first month I've pulled out, so it's not going to be in bag, come back in my bag for a while. So I don't have to worry so much about drawing the bad ones quite as much. Mm. Now, well, I've pulled out some good ones, good chips now. I'm not, I've, got, I've got all the mana chips left, help. <laughs> you know, and you can sort of think, well, I've only got, you know, I've only got this one fight this round, so I can kind of go for it a bit, or I can... These fights, you know. are they against another player, or are they against... Yeah, they're, they're against other players. That's, yeah, that's a bit different. It could be anywhere from one to... All, to all the players you could all be fighting in the region so you're all pulling out chips and things you're deciding whatever and you see you all, you all have to pull out one and then after that you can then choose to carry on pulling things out or you could just choose to stop um, at any point and sort of save your you chips want, for another, another save your chips you might also want to do that because you get there's another way of getting, one of the ways of getting points is by completing quests um, cards which have got a, an in-game thing and an end-game scoring thing which is kind of set collection type stuff but the in-game scoring thing is sort of uh, are all to do with fulfilling a certain condition in a particular region. So it might be, you know, finish a battle in this region having pulled out two or six chips, um, or finish a battle in this region with your last chip being a particular type of chip, kind of a thing. So you might want to stop because you've fulfilled that quest mm. and, and you didn't think you were going to win the battle anyway. Um, winning, winning the battles, of course, will also give you um, points as well, and second place gets half points um, so that's that's one of the primary ways to get points but yeah I, I really quite like the uh, the fact that your your bag doesn't refresh after every battle because um, that adds a big yeah there's quite a lot of decision making into the game mm. and you know it's quite interesting and not something I've seen done before in a, a bag building kind of game mm. yeah, there's a bit really. of something like that in Condottieri which is like yeah not, not what I've played yeah. but um, uh, fair enough um, a card game, but so that, that's that's quite nice. And again, the art's just really pretty. Um, yeah, it's really you know, nice. I mean, it's not exactly <laughs> quick playing. The, game, the box reckons about twenty five minutes per player. But I mean, with five players teaching, took basically the entire session mm. at the club. So it was you know three and a half four hours. That's I mean, um, but at the same time, you're not you know you're generally involved for most of the game. Mm. Even if you're not in the battle, you can still wager on the result of the battle, for example. Oh, right, yeah. So, even if you, you know, I mean, in the last round, that's a, a bit less really because you, you know, you'll get a, if you're correct, you'll get a, you can pick a chip as a reward, and if you're wrong, you get a, a shard, which is basically negative points mm. at the end, um, and things. So, that can help. I mean, in the last round, that becomes a little bit less 
because you could have been using those shard, the um, chips a bit less because you might have finished anyway. Mm-hmm. You may not need any more chips, or you might need them for quests possibly. But so you said. It, go on. You, you said that um, the the chips were like the kick with the chips with the Kickstarter thing. Were they? Yeah, the, they, the deluxe. They like, well, you get cardboard ones in the in the retail game. Oh, uh, like cardboard sandies, and the deluxe version has you know sort of three D uh, models yeah. for the characters yeah. and things and proper like much nicer chips right so got like, you yeah not not poker chips they're, they're smaller and lighter but yeah. they're still very nice yeah and um, use and you know has sort of shaped wooden things for the stuff some of the things you put on the mm. board as well mm. for your supporters um you know it's generally very nice yeah it looks really nice yeah, yeah i like, a, I like yeah. the minis and the like, little plastic figures that are going around the board yeah. and stuff yeah and the chips in the bag and i mean they certainly the Plastic figures will certainly look very good if they were painted, mm. um, and the you know the, the box art's really nice. Yeah, the it is. Yeah, on the front is yeah. uh, very pretty. Definitely stands out. So yeah, it's definitely recommended mm. if you if you like if you like to craft. I think you'll you'll definitely like this one. Mm. I mean, definitely a lot of strategy because obviously each, each character is different as well. That you can play as mm. they've got different powers and abilities and things. So there's there's quite a lot of things you can do in in the game. Mm. It's you know varies quite a bit. So yeah. I've only, I've only really scratched the surface there in terms of what's in the game. There's various things I haven't mentioned at all mm. that are in the game, such as forging, things like that. What is, uh, the yeah. box? The box itself is it like a ticket to ride size box? I think it, uh, is it a bigger one or? It's well, I think it's ticket to ride sort of in width and length, but it's about two or th- twice as deep. Oh, right, okay. These big, big, deep boxes. It's one of those boxes, tall, like a tall yeah, type big, one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there is there is a lot in the box, isn't there? There's a lot, yeah, a lot of stuff in there. Almost, almost a cube, right? <laughs> <laughs> sort of around, sort of. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it does look looks fantastic, and when you when you're playing it, people definitely sort of come over yeah. and say, "Oh, well, that looks, you know, that was great," and yeah, hovering around looking definitely, at the game. Definitely got a table presence. Mm, yeah. So it's like there's so many good, so many great games in there that <laughs> I just need more time to play them all. Yeah. <laughs> good. Yeah. 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 So the uh, the last one for me is a game called Las Vegas. Uh, this is a bit of an, uh, another older one. This is from 2012. Uh, this is by designer Rudy Gadorn, and he's the guy who did um, Istanbul, Karuba. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, he's done my, my farm shop recently as well. But this is a bit of an older game, but it's, a, it's just been reprinted, and there's actually two, two versions that have been reprinted. There's the standard version, and there's one called... Uh, Las Vegas Royal, I think, and that's got like an extra couple of modules and things. But okay. I've, I've just got the standard, the standard version. So it's a it's a dice uh, a dice rolling game, kind of a, a gambling type game. You uh, have four, uh, six casinos laid out, so numbered from one to six, and each player has eight dice, just standard d6. And you roll each 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 turn. You roll all of your dice, and then you pick one of your numbers that you've rolled, and you put it onto that casino. So if you've rolled four threes. You have to put. You can put your four threes onto the number three casino, but you have to put all of the dice. You can't just put like two or three of them on there. You have got to put all of what you've rolled on there. If you just rolled one three, you could put the one three on there as well if you wanted. Uh, but the aim of the game is to try and win the money that's associated with the casinos. So there's like a deck of uh, money that you deal out to the casinos at the start of the round, and that goes from like twenty thousand up to about eighty thousand, I think it is. Uh, and you're trying to win the money by getting the most dice on that casino. Uh, however, at the end of the round, once everybody's placed all of their dice, any ties are removed off the uh, off the casino before you work out who's got the most. So that little rule means that it's got a bit of variability where 
yeah. You can have two players competing over a uh, over a casino because there's a lot of money there that you want to win, and they'll roll one dice and put it on. Then you roll another dice and put it on. They'll roll another one and put it on, and you balance it, and they're, and they're equal. But then the last dice that you roll, obviously, I've got no choice of where it goes. You just roll whatever you get, and if somebody somebody might you know tie with you on that one and then suddenly all of a sudden you've put three or four dice on there and then the person who's only put one wins it so it's got the kind of stand-up moments where you're hoping that nobody rolls to compete with you too much but you you know you want to get enough to to win something at least on some of the tables so it's a it's a it's a game of kind of do you do you go all in on one big win or do you kind of spread yourself around a little bit and maybe risk losing more or uh, and, and and because of the way that the dice are rolled and that that, that people, uh, you know, often it'll come down to the last die roll. So the last person who's got one dice left rolls it. It goes onto a one of these casinos and then that'll upset, you know, something. And then suddenly somebody who wasn't getting anything gets something now, <laughs> and other people lose out. So this is another quick filler game. Probably takes about half an hour. Again, 40 minutes if you're taking your time on it. Plays between two and five players, I think. I'm not sure how two players would work. I've always played it four and five players. Yeah, that'd be uh, weird. This yeah. is another one with, yeah. that I played on Tuesday. I, pulled, I think we pulled it out of your bag, Rick. Mm. And uh, had a, a five-player game. It's, it's always fun, this one. Uh, yeah. As you say, it's the, yeah. it's the moment where everything swings. Like um, one person's got a, a tiny little dice there and they end up, everyone else cancels out and they win the big... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. yeah, I've played it yeah, since 2 to 5. I thought I played more than 5, actually. Because uh, I've played it once as well. I think mm. I played it with well, was at least 5. Yeah. Might be 5, yeah. But mine, I think, goes up to 5. I guess you could play it with more if you've got one of the, like, if you've got one of the expansions or something, or one of the, the Las Vegas Royal, but yeah, up to 5. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a quick, fun game. Uh, again, it's another quick filler, so it's not something that's like massively strategic or it's going to you know, um, burn your brain or anything, but it's one that you can kind of stand up and roll some, roll a, a bunch of dice because you get quite a lot of dice at the start. You roll a whole bunch of dice and then you decide where you're going to put them and cross your fingers and hope that nobody outrolls you. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I remember. You know, I've seen it played at a sun session and it's been getting a lot of laughter. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's good fun, very enjoyable. Yeah. yeah, it's not entirely luck, but people who like to like to think things through might not like this game. Yeah, if they like to win by by pure brain power, yeah, you're not going to do that. You, you need help. Well, you can you can kind of play the odds. You, yeah, you, you can definitely play you, well. You can, but someone can just win by getting a good look. Uh, yeah, you've got a bit of information about where people are going and how much you know how much money is on each casino. So, but the, yeah, there's always a chance where you're just not going to roll what you want. It's it's kind of the thing that you said about quacks as well, where if you win, then Absolutely. it's skill. If you lose, then you, know, you can just blow yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, that in Las Vegas. So that, that's Las Vegas. Yeah, definitely good fun and um, worth worth a quick play if you like in between games or something. So that's uh, that's all the games that we've played uh, played over the last month or so. Uh, so should we move on to uh, the yes. tabletop gaming uh, show? Tabletop gaming is that what it's called? Get tabletop gaming. Yes. Live, that was it. So this was in Manchester. Having previously been at the uh, Crystal Palace in, in, in London, previously. Crystal Palace? Or the Alexander Palace? Yeah. One of them. Something Palace, not Buckingham Palace. Hmm. No. <laughs> <laughs> and they, I think they cancelled it over the lockdown, is that right? They kind of moved it to, yeah, I'd imagine yeah, so, to yeah. Manchester because it wasn't, yeah, they had to move locations for some reason. But uh, they, it was in a place called Victoria Warehouse. Hmm. 
which is like a big kind of industrial factory that have converted into a kind of event space, isn't it really? But um, it was quite a big, quite a big area, um, quite a big kind of spaces. There was a downstairs area, and then there was like a, an area upstairs as well. So there were lots of lots going off over the over the weekend. Uh, I, I just went on the Sunday. When did when did you guys go? I went on the Saturday. Right. I didn't go at all. Oh right, okay. Okay. <laughs> I was yeah, I was busy on Saturday, so unfortunately I could only go on the one day. But there's definitely plenty there to see, see and do over a couple of days if you wanted to sort of spread it out, especially yeah, yeah. if you wanted to sort of play some of the demos and join in some of the games and stuff. So there was definitely stuff that I'd. Um uh, could have done more with. I mean, I could have uh, spent another, mm. second, another day and done the things that we'd missed the first day. So yeah, 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 yeah. I gather there were some issues with the lighting, though. Yeah, the were, there were downstairs area was 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 fine and quite well lit. But then when you went upstairs, it was kind of in this dark. It was like in the internal bit. Of the, there were no external windows or anything, so it was just lit oh, with gosh. kind of these dim lamps. So it wasn't particularly ideal for gaming. They're just recreating. They're just recreating the pub atmosphere. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it was a bar there. Uh, yes. <laughs> they were serving like food and stuff. But yeah, it was. Um, I, th- I think it was a bit dark and dingy upstairs in some of the areas, uh, which isn't particularly ideal. I did quite like the. I mean, the, the uh, lighting's not ideal, but I like the uh, things in different rooms rather than everything in like one big event hall. Yeah, it was like kind of separate to that, yeah. wasn't it? Like you get at the NEC yeah. or something. This is a play area. This is a demo area. This is you know where the stalls are. I like being sort of, sort of mm. exploring this this old building and going in this room and finding some other stuff. Yes, it's yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah, it's quite yeah. fun. Yeah. Were, were there any games in particular that caught your eye? Anything new that you saw that that you uh, that you were interested in? Um, I uh, in the in the bigger publisher stands down on the well lit part of the thing <laughs> i found a uh i had a couple of demos of some some things that i they had a, a demo case of a new sherlock holmes consulting detective uh box which is coming oh, yeah. out which is lovecraft themes it's Sher- oh, wow. sherlock holmes meets lovecraft cool. in some way okay. um <laughs> i don't think it, i don't think you're actually sherlock holmes meets lovecraft but it's it's based on the same system you know so yeah um doing the whole um you've got a, a book with lots of paragraphs and you uh hmm. decide where you're going and um mm-hmm. go to the relevant address which you find by going to the particular part of the book uh so if you go to uh miller's pub or whatever i don't think that's a place in the thing it's made up uh if you go to miller's pub then you go you yeah. look up the address and it's n31 so you look up n31 in the book and it gives you a little uh and, and it uh gives you a little thing which continues the story like uh you knock on the door and they say they're not here oh right that's okay <laughs> or a whole half a page of uh important plot and clues uh, yeah. <laughs> um but so yeah you decide where you're going uh, you can look up things in other bits of information, like you've got um, a guide to the city, uh, you know, directory, mm-hmm. and you've got some newspapers of the day to look up stories where you can find clues. Ah, we need to find someone who knows about cake, and there's this advert for a baker in the paper, so let's go there, and, and that's a place in the book, and, you can, and it's got a little paragraph where, you know, oh yes, this mysterious man with tentacles came in and bought a cake, um, or whatever. I don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not quite that long question. Um, yeah, so this is 
the consulting detectives uh, format, but right. with extra uh, existential yeah. dread and uh, cosmic yeah. horror. Yeah, I always enjoyed those games. So yeah, that'd be good. Good ones to keep an eye out for. Yeah. Yeah, I've enjoyed. I mean, I think I've played all the consulting detective games that have mm. been released so far. The best one was the uh, the box where they did um, the more more recent mm. box that they uh, brought out. Uh, which wasn't based on any of the oh, original right. cases that were released in like the yeah. 80s or 90s. There was a uh-huh. more recent one which had an extra mechanic of which managed to track various aspects of like, have you done this? Then you have yeah. this uh, uh, token or whatever. So yeah, um, so mm. that added an extra little layer, and uh, that's mm. the best one so far. Oh, right. So they are. So I'm hoping, hoping this new one yeah, will continue that. the yeah. trend upwards. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a little demo case on there. I I didn't do all of it, but I sat in on the end mm. little bit uh, of someone else doing it, and uh, they technically won. Sort of. I mean, they found out what was <laughs> happening. You know, moments before they died horribly. But you know, they found out. <laughs> yeah. But you know, that, that was. Yeah. It, it seemed like a lot of fun. Uh, another demo I had was of. Uh, Cora, which is a game I've seen you bring to uh, yes, uh, the club a couple of times, and I would like to have a proper game of that, having tried a little demo session of it. Yeah, it's really good, that one. I like that one. Yeah, yeah it'd be nice to try that one at some point. Yeah. I've seen you bring it a couple of times. It's a pretty cheap game. Uh, in the more indie stands, I uh, got a couple of games. Um, got a nice little game called Robot Royale, which is a <laughs> sort of little uh, robot's moving around an arena and shooting each other mm. but it's sort of a abstract strategy version of that so on your turn right, you yeah. uh, can turn the tile you're on, move your robot somewhere and then turn another tile which might open up uh, so suddenly a wall is moved out of the way so you've got a clear line of sight so you shoot a robot over on the other side of the arena and yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah that's uh-huh. um, a very nice little game it's um, in a very little box and uh, nice and cheap uh, d- does mean that the it's a little bit fiddly to pick up the little tiles and move them around while trying not to drop mm. all the tokens off them. But yes, it's a it's a nice little game. Surprising, uh, it surprised us. We we tried it, and it seemed like it was either going to be too finky or too um, silly, and it it actually mm. worked out really nicely. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. There were a lot of uh, a lot of like indie game. Yeah, developers there weren't there, publishers kind of selling the games. Yeah, and people doing sort of um, games adjacent things like selling uh, yeah. of D and D art or dice. Yeah, uh, dice, uh, dice towers, things like that. Yeah, um, yeah nice. There was a, a stand selling um, energy drinks, which were marketed as gamer fuel to, to oh, right. keep <laughs> you through those hours long seconds of Magic the Gathering at the in the tournament. Yeah. I don't know, drink this green stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I I played a couple of rounds of King of Monster Island. Oh yeah. Um, this is like the follow-up to King of Tokyo. Ah right. Uh, this is King of Tokyo, but like a cooperative game. Ooh. So the board is like an island. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's very similar to King of Tokyo, but yeah, it's completely different as well because it's co-op, cooperative. Because King of Tokyo is so in your face, isn't it? Where you're just attacking people and yeah, <laughs> it's kind of the see, entire thing of it. I don't know how they would even start yeah. doing a cooperative version. Well, it's got it's got like a flat board, which is an island, but then in the middle of the board, there's like this volcano, which is like a dice tower. So you drop things into the volcano, and then it drops like monsters onto the board, and you have to go and fight them. And 
there's like a big bad monster that you have to fight and stuff. So I played a couple of rounds of that. Was that was cool. Uh, so if you think King of Tokyo is a bit too, uh, you know, a bit too competitive, a bit too in your face, you, that that'll be a good one, like a co-op version of it. Okay. Um, that was quite cool. Uh, I saw. I didn't actually get involved with this one, but I saw people playing Blood on the Clock Tower as well. Yeah, there was a big that's group the, up there every time I walked past the, the bar. Yeah, area. the social deduction game that's yeah. that's like really popular. It is. Yeah, they've run sessions of it at the Treehouse. Yeah, I mean, the uh, a lot yeah, of people have taken delivery of the uh, Blood on the Clock Tower box that they kickstarted a couple of years ago. So there's suddenly lots of people running Blood on the Clock Tower games around as a, a regular second at Patriot Games and a regular second at Pe- Treehouse. Yeah. Yeah, so, it does seem to be popular. It's a really, really good yeah, game. It would be, would be, yeah. yeah, it would be Yeah, it would be nice to try at some point. Hopefully I get to a... Mm. It's like uh, Werewolf, but times ten. Yeah. 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 You, you need a lot of people to play it, I think, don't you? you that's do. why. That's, one of that's the why it's good for things. like these bigger kind of yeah, groups, like event. your Patriot yeah. games and your yeah. cons and things like that. Yeah, it's you need... I think there were about 12 people, 10 or 12 people playing it when I was watching and, and the moderator kind of uh, yeah. running it all. Um, I also saw they were they were doing like workshops as well. So uh, when I walked past, there was a guy who was kind of explaining how how he runs his YouTube channel and how he you know builds okay. engagement and builds up an audience and things like that. It was kind of going okay. through cool. you know doing like a a talk on that. So there were there were workshops and things to do as well there. Yeah, and, uh, sounds sounds good actually. A couple on Saturday as well. James Wallace did, was yeah. doing his um, designing games workshop. Um, the um, organisation of it seemed alright with a few teething problems I mean it's being the first time that they've used that venue there was it was quite slow getting in on the Saturday I don't know if it was any, oh, was any it? better on the Sunday it, it, I walked straight in yeah oh, um, right. I we, think had, it started we had quite a long queue and it was going very slowly ah oh, ok yeah. was, they, they were checking bags they were um, opening people's bags at the uh, at the door yeah. and checking checking to make sure you know they haven't got anything in there but that probably slowed things down but when I went yeah, yeah. I, th- I think the Sunday though I mentioned this earlier I think the Sunday was a lot quieter because uh, when I was there it was um, I, I, I sort of went for the when it opened and I stayed until sort of mid-afternoon-ish and it wasn't particularly busy mm. um, anywhere really I didn't have any trouble you know there was no queues anywhere uh, even to get in um Oh, there were no queues to, for the demos or anything. It seemed reasonably well attended on the Saturday, but uh, hmm. I'm not sure. I mean, don't know about you, but I was a very much last minute ticket buyer for this. Yeah, I we was as well. Sure yeah. if we were going to go, uh, yeah. but that's partly because that weekend there was a there was supposed to be a rail strike, which would have made it a lot harder to get to, hmm. and b on the Sunday there was due to be a football match and mm. the uh, event space is pretty much right next to Old Trafford and the it football is, match yeah, was going yeah. to be Manchester United at home to Leeds so that would have made the journey home a little bit more um, mm. interesting if that had happened and we'd gone on Sunday so uh, that might have put a few people off buying tickets for the Sunday but then in the yeah, end possibly. neither the strike nor the football match actually happened so they, they got lucky there but they might have put, put, put some people off from getting advanced tickets um, I think that must have been it, yeah. 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 But on the other hand, yeah. there was um um some anecdotal evidence of people saying that they were talking to people in a click queue and uh a good proportion of the people going had never been to a gaming con before. All so right. it's definitely a good thing for broadening the hmm. range of people yeah. going oh, yeah. having yeah. events in different places. They've already got things in London, so you know, move something up the north, that'd be a whole new yeah. audience for it. Yeah. 
Yeah, we've got Aircon in Harrogate as well, which is Aircon in big. Harrogate. There's uh, UK Games Expo happening in Birmingham, which obviously people travel to from far and wide. And there's Tabletop mm. Scotland as well. Tabletop Scotland's get coming up as well. Yeah, that's, uh, that sounds like a nice one. Mm. Uh, quite a long way away though. Where whereabouts is that one then? Do you know where that one's been held? Uh, clues, clues in the name, Rick. It, yeah, no. <laughs> we'll down a little bit. Um, I could look it wasn't it up, a trick question. Or I could make it up. I think I think I vaguely heard it was in Perth, but I might be totally wrong. Right. Uh, okay. I might look it up. Hang on, just, just looking it up right now. It's held in Perth. I find I find that some places in Scotland yeah. are easier to get to than others. It's in Perth, is it? Right. Okay. Yes, I could yeah. have stuck with my initial instinct. Yeah. It's in Perth. Right. <laughs> you on Scotland yeah. in Perth, Australia. <laughs> that would be confusing yeah so yeah. I think yeah the, the, the more the, the more we have kind of spread out over the over the country you know the more people can go to them, the yeah, more, yeah, the more, more, more people get interested in it so yeah the better it is keeps, keeps everybody included mm. yeah. so yeah I mean it had um, I'm sure a lot yeah. of people from Manchester uh, hadn't really had an opportunity to go to something like that before so uh, and it would have attracted yeah. a lot yeah. of locals uh, plus a few <laughs> people coming from further away like yeah, us too. Yeah, and uh, I think it's just a, a nice thing to have, and I, I yeah, hope it definitely. continues. Yeah, yeah. And if I do have it next year, uh, I will try and go along again. Yeah, I'll try and come mm-hmm. along this time as well. Me too. I think. Not very far away. So yeah, that's it. That's what we've been up to. So uh, Samuel, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Really pleasure talking to you. Uh, yep. Tom Cauldron, thank you for, for coming on, talking to us. Thank you. Uh, we've been the Sheffield Board Gamers. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye for now. Bye. Bye.